Okay, welcome back to the Tim Vikesobomb Show. This is a podcast about my life where I talk about my life, my living situation, my problems. Who would want to hear about that? I'm already getting... Who would want to hear about a dude talk about their problems? How's that a podcast? Like, I get... Who the hell want to... I get why you do it. Because you have nobody to listen to them otherwise. Because no one's listening to your problems. No one's like... But anyway, let's not talk about that. Let's not do a podcast about my problems. Because that's very... That's worse than boring. That's like... You gotta... That's like... Worse than boring. That's like bad karaoke. Offensive type of thing. It's like... I don't know. Because there's always going to be somebody that's bad at karaoke. And then it's go... This is not boring. This is worse. I wish I, I now got to leave the the room because my ears are bleeding. You know, that's one of those types of dealies. That's what this podcast is. It's me talking about my problem. All right, we got to think of a better format. I mean, problems can be interesting if they're other if other people are searching for those problems. Hey, I got this problem. But who wants to just hear about somebody's problems? Like every like random ones. No, you want to hear about specific ones that you're also having at that particular time. And I'll go, oh, he's having this problem that I'm not having? I don't, okay, maybe maybe I know how to fix it and I'll tell him. That's why I'll, I'll maybe I'll listen for that one problem. But all of them? That's what therapists are for. They're very expensive. But that's what they're for. And then you feel like, oh, I got only this much time to tell you my problems. I need more time to tell you. And then you feel like you barely got into them. It's like, well, I guess I'll wait another week to try to keep telling you about the first problem that I haven't really fully explained yet. You kind of didn't really listen to me for long enough to for me to feel like I fully explained my problem. And you're already giving me advice. And it just doesn't feel, I'm not going to take the advice because it doesn't feel relevant yet. Until you've heard all of the pro, like the depth of the pro, like in a way that you could actually get to me, in a way that you could actually understand. Because problems are not like, oh, there's a quick. Fi- if there's a quick fix, I would just do that. If there was a quick fix that anybody knew the answer to by googling it, I would have already probably bought that thing. There's something I could buy to fix the problem. 100% I'm going to do that. Anyway, I'm recording in a different angle of the room. Different part of the room just to switch things up. I got tired of the background and the lighting I'm still not happy with. It's horrible. My face, my my skin is cashew yellow. Cashew off-white. My skin is not even as dark as a cashew. Cashews, raw cashews, maybe. My skin's the color of a raw cashew, and it seems like it's only getting whiter as I'm yelling, as I'm getting more warmed up for this. It should be that. Shouldn't it be turning red? I'd rather have a red face than this ghostly cashew raw. So we're going to have to up the contrast or something. We're going to have to do something in post production, lighting wise, color grading wise. And I don't like it. It's too white over here in this part of my face. Anyway, so that's something I like. That's one of my problems is the lighting. I'm a very perfectionistic person. That's why I can't even finish sentences. 
usually I like interrupt myself before even getting to the end of a thought because I'm already because I'm already thinking. Nope, there's a better. You're stupid to even say that. Even that thought is not worth thinking or saying. You could think it, but for me to finish a thought, by the time I get to the end of the thought, usually a newer thought that's better comes in. It's like, well, that's stupid. As soon as I say a sentence, I'm going to have these thoughts coming up. It's like, what about this? Some people would disagree with that, and you're going to say it? So no, I don't finish the sentence if I feel like it's going to end stupidly. In a way that I could criticize. I don't even like to finish this. Anyways, that's what I do. That's why I can't speak very well. And also, a lot of the shit I have to say, it's negative. Like I hold. I don't really like like to speak out a lot. So I I, I tend to be quiet and reserved. And I and and I stumble over words because I'm not confident in what I'm saying because I know how it's going to be perceived the second I say it. I'm not an idiot that much of an idiot of course i'm an idiot still of course i still have dumb thoughts i'm still growing and look back at myself and go oh you're an idiot for this you didn't learn this you, you now i know so i'm not saying i'm not an idiot but i'm saying i also have awareness of what i'm when i'm saying something that's gonna like come off the wrong way but sometimes i say it anyway because i don't care and I like doing that because it's fun to be controversial. Like on, on, for like a comedy set, I like to say what you're not supposed to say, and then people get turned off by it. And I kind of do that on purpose. But then there might be one person that actually gets what I'm doing. It's like, oh, he's just doing that because it's funny to do. It's funny to say things that you're not supposed to say. Okay, I get it. Now I can get on board. But then there's like 90% of the crowd just go, like, well, I guess he thinks he's being funny, right? I don't get. He's just saying, I don't get it. This guy's evil. Uh, they think I'm like not being ironic. Like I'm just being ironic, but they don't. Not everybody has like the uh, subtlety. Not everybody. Hey, other people are idiots too. I'm not saying I'm that much better than them, but some people, I'm. I I could pick up on jokes a lot better than, and they don't pick up on my jokes. And then somebody will correct them. Like, hey, you didn't see that he was making a joke? He, it went over your head. And then I go, oh, thank you for uh, sticking up for me and complimenting me for having a subtle sense of humor. Somebody did that once on the internet. And it made me feel really good, good about myself because it was on, like, a chat room in a Telegram group or some chat for a crypto-related group. And I made a joke, and somebody didn't get it, and then somebody else chimed in. It's like, you don't get the subtlety of the joke he's making. You're dumb. And that was like, hey, I'm glad somebody understands. Gives like That's a compliment to say that my that I am uh, whatever. It felt good. This was like five years ago, probably. It was like the first, you know, bull run, crypto bull run that I was like really intense. Like, like 2017. The end of 2016 leading up to 2017? Was that it? No, it was 2017, the end of... Yeah, it was uh, around December of 2017. Trump was in office. Yeah, I just remember based on events in my life. Like, I just remember based on that. Because 2017 
I got diagnosed with uh, epilepsy in July, and I definitely didn't have a sh like I it was definitely before the boar run, before it was before the boar run. I just knew that because of because uh, I had uh, yeah because I bought DMT. I guess it's fine to say this now because it's been six years. It's past the statute of limitations. I used crypto to buy DMT on the dark web and and uh, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, and so I I spent a lot of crypto on it, and then it went up in value a lot. Just the change left over from that illegal transaction. That's how all crypto originated was from Silk Road. It all got moved around on Silk Road. You could just, like, pretty much anybody who holds crypto, the crypto that they're holding, it went through that exchange or that marketplace. You could tell the history's there. It's cool. That's what I like about crypto is the immutability and the, the fact that once it's in the ledger, it's in there forever, and it's not going to change. You can't rewrite history. And I love the finality about it. And people might not like that because, like, if you send the wrong thing to somebody, it's gone. But it's not that hard. Just look at the address. It's nerve-wracking to send a large amount of Bitcoin to an address. But it usually works. It's never not worked as long as it's the right address. Sometimes it doesn't get confirmed that's terrifying. Should we get in that boring? Should we get more detailed into the uh, crypto stuff? Because I was definitely talking about something before, though. Talking about the bull run and how I yeah I I forgot how I got started on that, but who cares? I could just talk about whatever. But I felt like there was something else there. Yeah, crypto. I'm old. I'm an old school crypto early adopter. I adopted it as soon as it came out. Another thing that's sketchy about me, which is uh, in my history, my life history, is my first job. I'm proud of this. So it's sketchy, but I'm not like ashamed of it or else I'd still be. T yeah, it's not that shameful. It's cool, but also kind of embarrassing a little bit, depending on who it is, who's asking about it, who's finding out about it. Like my mom, not excited about this topic. But my first job out of high school was programming for a porn site that was great. A great porn site. Okay, this is embarrassing. This is shameful to talk about. This is shameful to talk about. But it was um, it was a big porn site. It got like a quarter million uniques a day. And that's not that much. But back then, I guess that was considered a lot because it was in the top 1,000 websites in the whole world so that was a lot i think that was the minimum it got i think it got a little more than that like 400k uniques a day that's a lot of people uh jerking off using my handiwork i was the programmer i was it was my responsibility to make the search function this is a long time ago every porn site should have a search function that's like basic right but this was 2008 or 2007 and they didn't have no, it was probably 2009, actually, somewhere around there. And they didn't have no search function on this huge website that, got, that was in the top thousand ranked websites in the whole world. And I was the one in charge of that. So, so many people were using my handiwork as they were trying to jerk off. So you better hope it worked. 
And I... So that was a big responsibility for me. Probably the biggest of my life so far. Is making a search function for a huge porn site. With people that need to get what they want. They gotta find... The type of person they want to jerk off to as soon as possible. And they had an auto-complete... He wanted that, I think. He was like, can we make it so... I think that's all I was doing. I don't know if I made the search function itself or just the autocomplete part where it drops down and tells you, oh, do you mean this? So I'm a, I'm a fucking legendary rock star hacker programmer and that confidence leads you to... It makes you look good uh, on a resume. Like I did put this on my resume. I just didn't use the word porn. I just said I work for a big site that got a shitload of traffic. And that's my first thing out of high school. And then it led to this other thing that was not a porn site. It was the opposite. It was just like a, it was like for teaching kids how to relax. I'm not going to say anything that creepy. I should, it's just the word kids is creepy. Just saying, talking about kids after you're talking about porn is creepy. But what I'm saying is I taught college kids... High schoolers, how to prepare for college. There's a college prep. They don't know who I am anymore. They're not going to see this me talking. Also, who cares? They don't. I don't think they're even in business. If they are, I did a good job. It was my first <laughs> legit gig. It wasn't just like under the the uh, table. This porn guy, he just paid me like through PayPal whenever I billed him. And one time I billed him way too much. He was like, really? This much? You're charging me this much? So he, he, he yeah, that one was not as uh, regulated. But anyway, I got another one and I got whatever. So I, I built up a resume as a uh, programmer without, well, yeah, without going to college. I taught other people how to get into college by programming the tasks by making a nice little website work well so they could log in and download the materials. I don't remember what I what the hell I did. I just know I learned a little I learned a quite a bit on that one. I didn't do that well. They didn't give me the best review. They said, Yeah, you Yeah, so I was mad about that. It's like, why are you giving me a bad review? Of course I I could have fixed it at the time. You know, you're just leaving a bad it's very passive aggressive because um, they didn't mention anything about how I uh, did anything wrong. They just left me a bad review, even though, of course, I was learning it on the job. So, uh, yeah, so whatever. That's fair enough. It didn't really affect me. That, you know, I still got another one after that. Or, you know, got another one, contractor, programming, old school programming. I'm an old school tech developer before... Uh, before they called it like full stack, I don't I don't know when that came about that term to be like a full stack or front end, back end web developer. I started before that was even a thing. It was just like yeah, I make websites. I don't know about of course I do both. I do both. Front end just means the HTML, JavaScript, CSS. It's all front end is and the text like and you know the 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 user experience. Of course I do that. I do everything. I'm a web designer, whatever, web design. But then it got, they started to split hairs and go, oh, I'm just a back end. I like back end a lot better because design is hard. Design is tough. I'm a tough 
critic on my on my design skills, you know, and I'm not that good at it. You know, I'm not horrible. But anyway, it's not fun either to be a designer. It's more fun to just crack some code across the screen. Fucking just lay your hands, your meat sticks down on that keyboard, that greasy, very unclean keyboard, which I use every day. And I just think about all the bacteria on my, it's just like, I mean, I'm not going to get sick. I mean, how often do I got to clean this thing? I just know it's the dirtiest thing ever. But so is the phone screen. So anyway, I like to bust code out and let it just rip across the screen that's how i get my rocks off these guys were using my code to search for their favorite porn star their favorite like uh you know porn star that was like this was the early days of porn where there's actually porn stars it wasn't all just amateur it's like brazos brazers uh, you know, I can't... Reality Kings, that was a big one. So people search for these actual porn stars. And so my code was the part... That's how I jerked off. Is when like, yeah, that code, fuck yeah, it works so well, man. But I also made the front-end CSS, JavaScript, whatever. jQuery. I don't think I even used jQuery back then. It was before I found out about jQuery, which I still use because it does the job. People shit on jQuery... It's a library. This is, if you don't know, it's a way to make JavaScript uh, apps, like web apps, front-end JavaScript. Uh, just do whatever. Whatever you need to do JavaScript-wise. It's a library that makes it super shorthand, easy to do. Like it's, It just takes a lot of the code and bun, you know, tamps it down, condenses it down to just the basics. It's great. It's still a great library. It's just been replaced by other things that are, I guess, better. But if it ain't broken, like it might be a little slower, of course. It's slower because it's a lot of code. It dumbs it down so much that, yeah, it's a lot of co- it, I'm sure the newer libraries are a thousand times better. That's why they're like React, Angular, Vue. These newer ones that are not that new anymore, but to me they're new. Because they're not 15 years old, so that's new to me. Because I'm old, so I I still use Java or jQuery because it does the damn job. Document ready, okay. Load the variables in, uh, apply whatever sub libraries that I installed through Composer and NPN, whatever. Uh, yeah, Composer uh, or whatever Gulp, whatever. There's many utilities that install the libraries for you, and then. Whatever, I did kind of keep up a little bit on how to at least do the very minimal stuff instead of like copy and pasting. I don't know. I still copy and paste, obviously, a lot. Like the, uh, once you get a library, like Font Awesome is a library for icons. And I use the CDN URL and I just copy and paste that. I don't build it myself. I don't self-host the library. I use a CDN to load in the libraries because everybody already has it downloaded to their browser. It's already cached on so many servers across the world that it only has to go a short distance to the person's computer if they don't already have it downloaded to begin with. They might already just have it downloaded if they go to other old websites that still use jQuery. But that's what the benefit of a CDN. is like, okay, there's all these servers around the world caching the the JavaScript resource, the code, 
It's all bundled up into a nice, you know, minimal file with no white space, just the code. And it's going to download super quick. So I, I'm a proponent of that technology, which is also like 15 years old. Is when CDNs became kind of a thing. They're still very useful. It's not a trend. It's still good to use CDNs. You want to splinter the, or, you know, shard the data all around the world so people can just pull the little bit that they need. I don't know. Sharding's different. That's like decentralizing. That's not quite the same as mirroring or replicating data. Anyway, so this is a technical podcast. I didn't think I would get technical because I didn't want, I was more thinking about stuff that was, uh, I did earlier in the night. I was thinking more about like comedy stuff earlier because I got I wet my beak. My beak got wet by convincing myself. I just found it the the strength to bring myself to go out on a Saturday night, which is super unheard of. It's unheard of for me to on my own volition go out on a Saturday night. So I had to like talk myself into it. So anyway, I did though, and it was fine. And the Vivance helped. I'm on Vivance now. It's a very powerful stimulant. It makes me feel really like joyful about working towards something, working towards a goal. Not, you know, it's not the most long-term goal. It's like, it's not good. I'm still not doing good on that stuff, on the long-term goal stuff. But when I get it in my blood that I'm doing comedy, it's all I think about for the for the rest of the day. Then the next day it usually goes away and I go, well, I don't want to do that. I just want to look on the computer. I just want to look at code all day. I have two trains of thought and brain modes. My brain is like it switches back and forth from comedy to code. They're both fun, but code can give me that dopamine much more efficiently because I'm better at that than I am at comedy. I'm just way more experienced at coding than comedy. Comedy, you kind of if you don't use it, you lose it. You know, you'll you'll still always have it, but it won't come out. Is it won't flourish if you don't take it out of the garage every day. You know, you got to do it like pretty much every day to actually be funny consistently. You forget how to, I just forget how to do it, and it's just like something you just have to do. It's like lifting weights, you know. Unless I take a long break and I'm just so excited to do it, actually, I could be pretty good. But to actually like kill, nah, you gotta be doing it more than once a month, more than once a week, because I have all these little buds of jokes, these little tiny little premises, and they just stop after the first punch. Because I don't, I haven't worked on it. I don't, I, I'm not in the energy. I'm not rehearsed or practiced training. I'm not training enough to be able to get a second punchline just on this, just like actually kill. It's been a while. It's embarrassing. Uh, you know? And then I'm just doing damage control. It's like, okay, I just don't want to bomb that bad. How about that? Let's just get through this without feeling that gut punch. That feeling of like horrible, like, ugh, that was bad. Sometimes it's unavoidable. But anyway, just getting a little taste of comedy going on stage. It's like, fuck, now I, I want to 
it'd be nice to do it again. It'd be nice to do it more. It's an addiction thing. You get a little sniff of, of cocaine. Comedy's like that. That's why they you should do cocaine if you're a comedian. I'm not serious, but I'm half, I'm like half joke. I'm not joking, but I'm also not serious. Like, don't take this as me condoning drug use. I'm saying you should consider it. I consider, I'm not ever going to do cocaine because I have epilepsy and it'd be bad. They told me, don't do cocaine or heroin. Those two things definitely don't do. I was like, okay, Fine. But anyway, I I just know that I think I still think about it. Of course, I think about it. Other people do it, and it, and I know what it feels like to be on a stimulant. It feels great. Being on cocaine makes you just want to actually like have fun, like talk. It 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 makes you confident in yourself, like yeah. And if you're kind of funny, it'll it's like throwing gasoline on a tiny little ember. And alcohol was the exact same thing for me. I don't, not cocaine. I've never done cocaine, but, I, but alcohol was my version of that because it ignited the ember. Because it gives you the same end result for me. When I say you, I mean me. Anyway, but I have been more aggressive on this Vivance. Like this Vivance, I like it for that, but also I don't like it for that. I don't like being aggressive or. That's the word, I guess. Aggressive. Yeah, I just don't want to be a dick to people. I don't want to be too over-assertive. You got to find the... So Adderall didn't do that to me. Adderall didn't really make me, like, edgy. Didn't make me, like, confrontational as much. Because I didn't take as much. It just smoothed me. It made me relaxed. It made me not care as much about other people doing something mean or whatever. Like, being bold. Like, it actually... Took away the sensitivity. Vivance, it's not really taking away the uh, rejection sensitivity. I still feel like empty and like I got something. I, I just feel like, uh, you know, pain when I don't get what I want. So I'm still in, an, in a state of wanting and desiring and coming home and feeling like empty and like, whoa, that was not what I want. I didn't get what I wanted. That's the worst feeling, man, is going out, not getting what you wanted out of the night and just having to go home. And it's like, okay, let's stay up until 6 a.m. anyway because I was going to do that anyway. But it's just like, okay, that was like an empty feeling of effort that was put into this night. So that's why I've been staying in a lot because just to avoid that pain. Because I'm also not helping other people out by going out if I ain't feeling good. If I ain't feeling good, I'm just going to make other people be like, ugh. But sometimes, I'm feeling good and I do that anyway. Sometimes I am in a good mood and because I'm in a good mood, I still say things that people think is bad. That still rubs them, like they, they think I'm being like a jerk. Even though it's just my style, it's just my sense of humor is to say weird things, like things that could come off as like uh, bullying kind of, but I'm not, I'm just how I talk to people. For example, I, I was like, I don't even want to go, this is too, but I said something to a comic that I haven't seen in a few weeks 
and I, I he took it as me like bully like insulting him is is for like and then uh, I think he took it the wrong way but it, uh it's uh it's just something I gotta uh work up work out or uh what's the word um explain later on when I see him next time or some shit I don't know it makes me want to go out as soon as possible to see him again so I could be like yo I I was just kidding you know I was just kidding right it was like I just I was just making conversation I was just trying to start a conversation because I like you see I only I only do it with people I like I only bully people if I want to talk to them if I don't like somebody I don't want to bully them because that would be actually bullying. So anyway, I'm not a not really a bully, and then I feel bad. I feel really bad afterwards if I do touch somebody the wrong way. You know, because people are sensitive, and I, of course, I feel bad because I'm super sensitive when people like say something that they don't even mean as offense. So it's like, who am I to think that I could get away with that? So anyway, but you can if they're friends with you, if they have a, if they get where it's coming from, and that's what I'm hungry for is uh, people that I could shoot the shit with, and that takes work, it takes a lot of uh, whatever. There's some people that I could probably have a uh, some form of peer shump, peership, peerdom, like peers. Man, I need peers, and that's how I talk to my peers. I th- I say things like "What's up?" and I say a bad word or something. I say a bad word, obviously, because that's how you talk to your friends. But whatever, if they haven't seen me in two weeks, they don't know who the hell I am. They don't know like where I'm coming from. They just think I, like I'm not that close enough to just be able to do that. But also, it'll happen. Because that's the thing is, some sometimes I've gone through entire friendships without ever doing that, without ever talking to them in a jokey way and that's boring that's a stupid that's not a real friendship if you can't like call them bad words it's not a real friendship that's like weird that you're hanging out and you can't even like make a crass joke with them you know so anyway that's hard to find when you're you know in a certain when you're me because uh yeah I, i don't you know I'm very picky. But anyway, whatever. It takes time, man. My peers are people that, uh, uh, I don't know, who are they? Crypto bros. Yeah, this, they're out there. Okay, so let's make, this is not, this is boring, man. I'm talking about my problems. Who wants to hear about that? This is just a regular podcast. I just talk in a regular voice. I'm not trying to be fun. This is just like, this is my normal podcast. I'm not in character. I'm not like I already did that a couple days ago and it was horrible. I did a Timmy Gusto podcast and it was kind of okay. At the time I listened back to it and I was like, okay, it's okay. I get what's why I thought this is funny. But then I, I can't bring myself to actually like take clips from it and put it out there because it's not that good. So anyway, this is not that good either, but this is probably uh, at least something, whatever. So yeah, crypto. Roof leak, that's boring. Yeah, man, there's certain topics that I don't want to, I can only talk about what I want to talk about, man. Otherwise, I'll just end this. Envy. 
yeah, I'm envious of people that have a community, that have uh, a tight-knit circle, which there's people that have that. And, uh, I don't, yeah, I'm a lone wolf. And that's it makes it tough to go out as well. If you have nobody to meet up with, it's like, okay, I'm just going flying completely solo, and it's by choice. It's completely by choice. Yeah, because I like to only befriend people that have something to give me something like people usually that are above me in some way and that's grow that's just that's just how it is it's something i am thinking about a lot like but i, I you know it's just tough to hang out with people that you don't really want to hang out with otherwise you just feel like you're <laughs> donating your time Instead of enjoying yourself, it's like, okay, yeah, I could hang out with this person. They're, they want to hang out with me, but I just, it's not a strong enough, I don't want to enough to actually do it. Because it's it just, yeah, so it's, uh, it's how it is for me. And I'm proud of that, Not you know, very proud to uh, think that I'm better than other people and too good to hang out with them, but... I'm just being honest, man. You gotta have something cool going on. Or just think I'm so cool that it balances out because you're flattering me enough every two seconds to where it's like, okay, I can handle you for another few minutes. Okay. <laughs> yep, that's what it is. That's what it is to be a narcissist. They just want to be around yes men. And it's like, it's gross, of course, to only want to, be around people that are gonna, you know, uh, butter you up, but uh, you're, you know, but uh, it's necessary too at the same time because you at least need uh, somebody happy to see you when you're doing. Like I'm thinking of Louis C.K. right now, and he actually says he doesn't do that. He doesn't surround himself with yes men. He likes to go up there in the at the club from being alone not surrounded by people that are talking about how great he is because he actually cares about getting better as a comic or just working on the bit he wants to work on the actual bit he doesn't want to be surrounded by yes men and just sh get through the set using uh, coasting on his skills he wants to work on the bit and that's the difference between me and Louis C.K. That's pretty, that's the difference between him and a lot of people. They don't want he doesn't want to be surrounded by yes men. But he had to learn this somehow. How the hell did he figure that out? Because most comedians want to be around yes men. Most actors, most anybody, most anybody that is doing something, they want to be around people that kind of support them. But you know. At least sometimes, but I, you know, I also get the whole wanting to prove people wrong and like feeling like an outsider and wanting to take your dick out and show off to them to then get accepted. Whatever, man. It's all a game of social currency. And when you're broke, it feels worse than ever being like socially broke, not having any currency or at least enough. To feel good. It's tough. It's tough to not have that. And you gotta. You get what you give. If you're not giving any out. You can't expect people to just shower you in. Social. In attention. 
and give you opportunities if you're not proving that you're worthy and giving other people the time of day. You know, you got to be supporting, whatever, it's a give and take. It's like value based on, it's a supply and demand economy. So if I'm out there and I don't got nothing going on that I'm proud of, that I put out that was like, that I'm proud of, I'm not going to feel like I belong in public. That's how I am. That's how a lot of people are. It's hard to explain. Whatever. You get it. If you get it, you know what I'm saying. If you don't, uh, there's many people that would be like, no, I just like to go out to have fun. I don't care. I don't have to go out. I don't have to be proud of myself to go out. Like, well, yeah, that's how it is for me. So I'm in a showbiz community and I don't go out just to hang, like have fun, like just to like sightsee. It's to angle towards something or to hang out with people that are also doing similar things and to to do a podcast. It's something that's an opportunity. But anyway, so that's why I don't go out very often. And it might change a little bit, but I'm not setting the standards to... I don't know, man. I'm, I got enough where I'm, I can't not think of... It's not like I'm just giving up on going out. And I'm, I'm, I'm not just going to stay home like it's COVID, like it's 2020 and just give up and be completely insulated from that world because it's also bad. It's even, it's not, it's almost even worse. It's, I don't know. Sometimes it's just, take, it is worse to do nothing, but, uh, I'm not doing nothing. I'm doing crypto. I'm a crypto guy and there's been another little interesting few months in crypto with this these new alt these new uh meme tokens ethereum pepe that thing went up a lot and i was i missed the boat man i didn't want to get on once everybody was already talking about it once i found out about it it was already too late it was already on coin gecko and it, people are saying that it already went up like 10,000, whatever, 100,000 percent. So it's like a million percent maybe. So it's like, well, okay, I don't want to just get in when everybody's talking about it. So I didn't get in. And then it went up another like 500 percent. And it was like, I got FOMO, got punched in the face by FOMO. It's like, shit, still going up. I, if I just put in money when I first discovered it, it would have gone up 500% or something like that. I don't know, maybe 10,000, maybe a thousand percent. I don't know. Cause I didn't do it. I didn't feel like going through the process of setting up the accountings. Like I don't want to add it to my accounting system because it's embarrassing to add more coins that are probably not going anywhere. That are meme coin. I already invested in enough meme tokens. So I didn't do it. So I had FOMO. And that FOMO is similar to the comedy FOMO. It's the same feeling. Because money. It's not as good as. Uh, it's not as satisfying as like the comedy stuff. If you get if you do well at comedy. People give you something that's probably even better than. I don't know. Same thing. Money does make you happy if you're making it more than you have before. Like if you're making higher amounts of money, that makes you happy. It just like, yeah, you get used to a certain amount. But if you start making more, you get happy. 
says, yeah, now. And then also the money could feed into comedy because if you have so much money, you could eventually just buy fans. It's ex- it's expensive. It's like two bucks at least per fan, per like or something on Facebook, whatever, followers. To actually buy them, it's pretty expensive. But if you have an unlimited budget, you could just buy your way into having an audience and maybe some of them will stick around and then you won't have to spend money advertising it anymore because it'll just spread, I don't know, it'll organically. But yeah, anyway, if I had Pepe money, I would use it to advertise shows because if you have so much, if you're, it's just like being too big to fail, like a bank. Like like most banks are not. If you're too big to fail, yeah, it's it's just like okay, money talks. Money gets you places. If you don't have the clout to make it happen, you're without such. Without money, that clout is social currency. You need some currency to get what you want to sell tickets. People gotta care about you. They gotta know who you are. They want you gotta have followers to sell tickets. And I'm, that'd be cool. But I don't feel when you have such little self uh, confidence and self doubt and uh, fear and uneasiness, and you don't like seeing yourself on camera, and you don't really you know want to even get your day going. You just wake up feeling like okay, I want to eat something. I slept horrible. Let's eat something and then go back to bed and and just browse crypto subreddits or something just read about finance so if you wake up at 8 p.m that's bad that's a bad time to wake up and that's where i'm at right now i woke up at 8 p.m because i needed to sleep because I, wo- I went to bed at like 12 p.m i went to bed in the afternoon so i was up all night and yeah, and I slept and I had dreams about New York. I thought I was in New York. It was very vivid. It was an epic dream. It was a fun dream. But if your dreams are f- fun, that usually means that your brain is compensating for how unfun your life is. So that's where I'm at. That's my problem, right? That's one of my problems. So anyway... My roof had a leak. I, I guess that's a, not that interesting enough to cover. But yeah, it was a tiny little leak. I noticed my ceiling was wet. Just a t- just a tiny frag, just a tiny little circle of wetness after a huge rainstorm. So I was like, well, I got to do something about it. I can't just let this go. So I went in the attic. And it was still raining. I, get, I don't know if it was. I don't think it was still raining at that point. But I went in the attic. Tried to see if I could spot the leak. There was nothing to see there. It's too far deep into the... I would have had... Did I already talk about this? I feel like I already talked about this. Yeah. I don't know. If, I think I kind of read something about... Because I remember talking about insulation. Having to walk over the insulation. But anyway, I got it fixed. And uh, it's satisfying to fix something. It's also I haven't gotten the invoice for it yet. This guy have his he he hasn't responded to the email. He didn't say nothing. He just sent some people to fix it. They fixed it really quick. They left without saying anything. And I didn't get an invoice. It's been 
three days or something. But I'm sure he'll send the invoice. He's too busy because everybody's roof is leaking because of all his hail. Being a roofer is a good... You make money. Uh, I feel like I already talked about roofers, didn't I? I already talk about roofers at some point. Whatever. So that's a boy. That's all I got going on. Nothing else interesting happened since the last episode, man. I watched a scary movie. I I've been getting into new crypto projects, which I'm skeptical of because they're all the same. It's only the meme ones that are actually popping off because. It's just based on hype. Some of, There's going to be a new project that is not just based on hype that actually has a new technology behind it. That's what Ethereum was. When Ethereum came out, I totally missed the boat because I didn't hear about it. I didn't know, know nothing about it. I wasn't keeping abreast. I was just a Bitcoin maxi pad. And a little bit of Dogecoin. I get there. That was before Doge. That was before I got into Dogecoin. I got. I was late. I was very late into Dogecoin. But anyway, Ethereum would have been a good one to invest in when it came out because it was forty-three cents. Now it's about two thousand dollars a piece, and everybody's complaining about the blockchain fees, the gas fee per transaction is very high. If you're just sending Ethereum that's going to cost uh, like you know a lot of money when the gas prices are when everybody's using the blockchain when it's getting all con- when it's all filled up with traffic a lot of cars on the highway it's going to get more expensive and all these meme coins or some of them are on ethereum so that's why it's it's just it's uh bottled up and it's a bottleneck the meme coins are just memes that's it you're just you're just investing in a pump and dump scheme. That's it. It's not it's not utility, but it's just something that the SEC hasn't cracked down on because it's not a security, so you can't really get in too much trouble, I guess. But anyway, so that's kind of what I've been looking at is tracking those and trying to not trying to reverse FOMO by. I'm just trying to get in on something that's actually not a, like a complete waste. Pretty skeptical when I come across a new crypto project and you just read about it and there's barely any, there's no, like the white paper is nothing about it new. It's just like, yeah, it's a layer one. This is a new layer one project that's going to revolutionize the blockchain, whatever, it's going to have low fees and high uh, transaction. It's like, well, what's new about it? Everybody says that. That's all of them. They all say the same thing. So even though like, there's no promising projects that I know about, except for the ones that have been around for for years, like Loop Ring, which I don't fully, it, it lets people run an exchange, decentralized exchange, that one. It's not like I fully understand that one either. Or I any of I don't understand most of the ones that I've invested in. You're supposed to only invest in stuff that you understand, man. That's why Warren Buffett doesn't invest in Pepe. So I do understand Pepe. There's enough that one is easy to understand. It's just a token based on a meme, and that's why it's cool, because it's a 
famous meme, but they didn't, it's just, that's it. That's all Doge was. It's just a copy of a copy. Shiba Inu. It's just the new Shiba Inu. Nothing special about it. I don't like the tokenomics. That's another reason I didn't buy. There's like 420 trillion coins. And I don't like having such a big number of coins in circulation. Trillions? There needs to be trillions of them. I like billions. Like a couple billion coins is better. Yeah, four, if it was 420 billion, that would be fine. But it's 420 trillion. So you have such a huge amount of coins that you have to account for. It's like, well, I, it's, like, it's just not satisfying when there's that many. So I didn't like it when it's that, the tokenomics. I'm more of a doge. I like doge's tokenomics. It's not a deflationary token, though, so that's the tough part to swallow. Ethereum, Ether, is a deflationary token. Coin, whatever you call it, it's a p- protocol But the token, the tokenomics for ETH are very good. Very good. They just changed them. They made it so it burns. You could stake it. You could stake your Ethereum and make like 6% a year back annually. Yeah, in Ethereum. But also uh, it's deflationary too. On top of that, the circulating supply is going down every day. Thousands of ETH are burnt. In transaction fees, and so it lowers the supply. So it's deflating. It's not inflating. There's no inflation. It's, it's the opposite. So that's good. So Ethereum could overtake Bitcoin in market cap. Yeah, it's definitely going to go up at some point because it's a has because it's deflation. I mean, so will Bitcoin for the same reason. It's also deflationary. It doesn't go down in supply. But it gets lost in transaction. Like people get paid in the transaction. The miners still get paid. But in the it's a finite number. And it goes down in circulation kind of. Because people lose it on. Uh, they, they just lose their Bitcoin. So whatever. Ethereum I'm, I'm very bullish on. But it's still expensive though. It's already. Uh, the market cap is already in the hundreds of billions. It's already got a bigger market cap than the top uh, Fortune 500 or spy companies, S&P companies. It's already got a bigger market cap than like Facebook or Tesla. So it's already, it's pretty expensive. Or it's, you know, so as much as I'm bullish, I still think the crypto market could uh, shrink by quite a bit. It could go down the uh, the market cap of the total crypto market could go down by tr- another trillion of dollars or something by a trillion dollars, and so I will get Ethereum as it goes down in price. I'm going to scoop up Ethereum because once you have a certain amount, you want to hold it pretty much forever because it'll pay a dividend. Which, you know, I'm a big fan of passive income. Not just holding stocks with the same amount of shares. I like income too, whatever. Ethereum's great. So if it goes down to like $1,000, that's a good buy-in price. If it goes to less than 1000 super good 
price for Ethereum, but that'll take the whole market going down or a new coin replacing it, which is unlikely because the technology behind Ethereum is cutting edge, has the smartest developers in the world. There's some other projects with smart developers that are making their own blockchain by scratch. It's hard to compete with Ethereum, whatever, the big ones, the McDonald's of, of coins. And anyways, that's crypto. I, I'm hungry to get rich off crypto again. For real this time. So I could ball it up so I could take profits. You got to be aggressive about taking profits. And then put it into index funds on an actual brokerage, which is not as safe as I used to feel it was a couple months ago before the bank collapse. You got to diversify. That's You got to not have all your money in crypto, but also not have it all in a bank and not have it all in stocks. Because who the hell knows what's going to happen with these investment companies or these uh, money financial firms in general. Not just banks, but I'm worried that even a sh company like Schwab or Fidelity could have issues, man. Because if everybody's taking their money out, yeah, so you got to diversify. That's like the one of the most root, you know, universal rules of wealth management is, yeah, diversify. Know your risk uh, tolerance level. If you're putting money into Pepe, put in what you're willing to lose for sure with that. Put in you know, 1% of your portfolio at the most in Pepe. Unless you're crazy. Unless you really are crazy or desperate like a Wall Street better. Or, yeah, Wall Street bets. Those guys, they, they, put, they put it all on black. It's, it's a gambling. You don't want to really gamble unless you just, have, just, you just don't care. You just have nothing to lose. You're just like, yeah, I'll lose. You know, that's that's uh, that does mean you have something to lose. If you gamble your money, if you have enough money to gamble, that's kind of means you you have something to lose. So, I just mean mentally, like you're in a tough spot mentally, and you just you don't give a crap about your life, and you I don't know I don't I, it's degenerate. It's a degenerate thing to do, but so is Pepe. So if you're going to invest degeneratively, do it in a non-degenerate way. Because we all want to get rich off Pepe. But don't put half your life into it. Half your savings into one coin. Because nobody, nobody really who got rich off Pepe, I don't think they did that. Some people, maybe, with Sheba. So, like people got rich off Sheba and, and Pepe or whatever. But a lot of them already had a pretty good amount of money to put. They didn't risk their whole portfolio to become, you know, and then whatever, man. But everything gets boring after a while. You, like once you have a certain amount, yeah, you'll still want, you still want more. Even if you're a multimillionaire, if you have like 50 mil, you're going to want to get to that 100 mil because life just gets easier and easier. And then once you hit like 500 mil, that's pretty much the cap for how good your life could be from having money. It's pretty much that's pretty much infinite money if you have five hundred. Very few people need a billion dollars and actually want to spend that much. 
is their personal net worth. 500 million to a billion. Your life doesn't get that much better in between those two milestones. But 50 million is not the end of the world. You still want more. You still want at least a couple hundred million. Then you could be like, okay, yeah, money. What I got enough where I don't really need to worry about it. Or it's not that interesting anymore. It's not like, oh, I need to find the best hedge fund to put my millions in so I could get to 600 million or a billion. It's like, yeah, if that's your goal to be a billionaire, fine. But if you're just talking lifestyle wise, a couple hundred million is, is all you need to be like, okay, now I can just relax on that part of my life. And now I at least I don't have that issue to worry about money prop. I have no money problems. They say mo money, mo problems, but yeah, that's only true if you don't have people working for you. If you are only worth five to ten million, you're gonna have a lot of problems because it's it's enough to feel wealthy, but not enough to hire people to take care of your wealth that you trust. You need to have at least five hundred million to where you can afford the right people to look after your money and security in life and everybody still has problems you still get worried about getting robbed at gunpoint i don't know if you're a 500 millionaire yeah like you still need protection and, and honorage and yes men but anyway so i do want big money and i and i like talking about it but it's also not pleasant people don't like hearing about it but uh that's because they're not rich. It just makes them jealous, man. Like, nobody wants to hear about shit that makes them jealous, man. So, nobody. Nobody likes hearing about, oh, man, I'm doing so well. I'm doing so well, man. Like, nobody wants to hear that if they also want that. If they're not getting the thing you're bragging about, you're bragging about how you're doing so well in uh, comedy, people just go, yeah, cool. They'll just like like grit their they 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 might be somewhat of supportive. They be like, oh cool, but that's it. They don't want to hear about that. But anyway, I'm trying to find my home base to hang out in in the in Austin and comedy. I'm not good enough for certain places, but I am. I think I am good enough for some places. But I can't feel like I'm too good for those places that want me. I sh- I want to go where I'm wanted. You know, a little bit. I still want to be in the the best ones, but if I'm not wanted there, I should go to the place where they actually want me, where my bread is buttered. So I'm trying to figure that because what you know. So I need to get myself out there, man. I need to grit my teeth and get my ass out of the house. Because once I'm out of the house, I could kind of motivate you know. Once I'm at the open mic or wherever the hell I am, once I'm focused on doing comedy i'll at least do as much as possible that night i just just have to get out of the house and the vivance is helpful for staying focused on stuff that i actually want to be i don't get burnt out as quick so thank god for vivance it's a very powerful stimulant it's like it just makes you feel like popeye it just makes you feel like yeah i i could do this i could move around but then it wears off, and you feel, and then you cry, and it's not, and then you feel bad. You know, it lasts a long time. But the next day, I need to 
If I don't take it, I'm deflated. There's nothing happening that whole day. I'm not doing nothing productive. So I'm in a state where I'm dependent on a very powerful stimulant. And, uh, yeah. I want to be on the strongest one and the most effective one. Not just, you know, I don't like, I don't like side effects. If I'm going to be on a stimulant, I want to be on the best one. So, not these children, not these ones that uh, are, have, yeah, anyway, the crash. It's probably unavoidable. But anyway, and it's, you know, it's also still because of the uh, quitting uh, other substances. I'm still, sober update. I'm still sober from weed and alcohol and those things I was using to get through life. And uh, you don't want to just get through life. You want to have a life that's fun and redeeming, rewarding. And you want to give other people something too. It's not all about you. It's not about just what you could take. If you give other people something, they will make you want to do it even more because it's a... It feeds it, and then maybe I won't have to take as much stimulants if I have an outside source of dopamine. Sometimes you you don't need to take stimulants if you're getting dopamine. As somebody with ADHD, it is boring, but as somebody with ADHD, not all of us need to be on stimulants. There's different dosages that we need to be on. Because if we have something like a structure, then that structure keeps us going in a way that we're doing fine but anyway i don't think it's not possible for me right now to be uh unmedicated so thank god for medication medication is good it's addictive but i'm an addict so it, it's if i wasn't on vivance i'd be doing other stuff because i'm an addict and i have low dopamine it takes a lot for me to get excited but also not that much takes a famous person for me to get excited and butterflies and like, whoa, a famous person is in the room or whatever. Makes you want to chase after them and then when you don't get it, it makes you feel worse. And that's the come down of getting that, of not getting the reward, whatever. That's it. Andrew Huberman. It's like the, Andrew Huberman talks about the uh, dopamine cycle and if you have a lot, there's going to be things trying to take it away and if you don't, I don't know. I, don't, I can't explain it right now. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Like I stick to what I. I'm gonna only talk about what I know about, which I did. I already did. We covered Bitcoin layer ones. We talked about jQuery, which I'm pretty good at. I'm pretty proficient in jQuery, so that's something I could talk about with confidence, man. PHP. Yeah, I'm confident in it, but that doesn't mean I want to look at other people's PHP. I like my PHP code. I don't want to go anywhere near other people's PHP code. Anyway, so this was fun. This was a podcast called the Tim Vikselbaum Show. Hope y'all have a good week and to take care of yourselves and and uh, keep doing whatever you need to do to get through this bitch of a life that we call life. What a bad way to end this. But hey, sometimes that's like sometimes it's tough to end this. And one time I did 12 hours almost because I just didn't want to end it. But it's not going to be one of those times. Thank you very much.